Time to stop the chaos. Whoa, 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 whoa. Time to stop the chaos now. On Fundraising Heyday, we talk a lot about how grant seeking gets more complex every year. Make 2023 the year you finally get a system to track grant deadlines and information. It's time to stop the chaos with Grant Holster. It was developed for grant professionals by grant professionals, which makes all the difference. First month is always free. And Grant Holster is giving our listeners a 25% discount on the entire first year of your subscription. Just enter Heyday, all one word, H-A-Y-D-A-Y, as your coupon at checkout, and you'll get that amazing discount. And they have a hands-on demo at grantholster.com that lets you explore the platform on your own. But if you want someone to walk you through it, they also have folks that can do that. So if you've been struggling with spreadsheets, clunky applications with a million workarounds, or just keeping your deadlines on sticky notes, head over to grantholster.com and take a look. And remember to enter the coupon code HEYDAY at checkout to get your 25% discount for a full year. And stop the chaos. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, hello there. I'm Kimberly Hayes-Amoga. And I'm Amanda Day. And you are listening to the Fundraising Heyday Podcast. We're here to help you make sense of the complex world of grant writing and fundraising, um, and more importantly, how we can work together to change philanthropy for the better. Yep. And we do this every two weeks with some cheesy sound effects and songs because learning doesn't have to be boring. And also, we're just kind of cheesy. That's true. (laughs) This podcast is brought to you by our season six sponsor, D.H. Leonard Consulting and Grant Writing Services. Their team can help make grants less stressful by assisting you with grant readiness and training, grant research, grant writing, mock review, as well as providing numerous DIY resources, guides, and templates. Don't let grants stress you out. Did you know that with every Fundraising Heyday episode, we create a coordinating blog post on their website, dhleonardconsulting.com. Check it out today. So today, we're thrilled to learn more about how to develop sustainable leadership skills and business acumen from someone who is an expert in grants, business building, stepping into leadership roles, and just being an all-around grants guru. That's absolutely true. So we are so thrilled to talk with our friend Siobhan Richardson. Siobhan is founder and CEO at Think and Inc. Grant Consulting, which I love that name, by the way. Um, Siobhan has over 19 years of experience delivering practical, real-world advice to nonprofit leaders across the country as a former nonprofit leader grant maker and federal grants reviewer. So she's done a thing or two. She's one of less than 450 grant professional certified folks nationally. So we're all in that fun little club. Um, She serves as vice president of the Grant Professionals Association and volunteers as a sustainer member of the Junior League of Atlanta. Siobhan earned her GPC from the Grant Professional Certification Institute in 2020 and is a grant professional association approved trainer she earned her bba from howard university in washington dc and an mba from emory university in atlanta georgia so welcome siobhan thank you for having me so thrilled to be here it's an honor to be here with my two favorite 
honor part but thank you ma'am thank <laughs> you it's a good love fest because we're so excited yeah. to have you on the show with us so um and um special shout out if you're watching on youtube special shout out to my beautiful backdrop which is a wrinkly green screen hi hello how are you that's what we're working with today so pay no attention to the man behind the curtain yeah. you can pay attention all you want it's just not changing so get with it feel the emerald city vibe and let's get into it that's what I'm so, um, so Siobhan, we always want to know how our guests get into fundraising or grant writing or whatever connection they have uh, to nonprofits and local governments that brings them to us. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, uh, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like you have at least two origin stories, right? And I would love for you to share a little bit about them both, if you would like. Uh, the first is, how did you find your way to grants, right? But the second is how and when did you discover your talent, mm-hmm. demonstrated talent, and being an entrepreneur? Ah, yes. Well, I will have to start by saying what a lot of grand professionals probably say. I kind of fell into it. Mm-hmm. Right? You always hear those stories, right? When people find, when people share their origin stories, and I will say mine is no exception. So, I unfortunately lost my grandfather to prostate cancer in 2013, and my family and I said we should do something, right, to carry on his legacy and to educate other families that are managing prostate cancer. We started a nonprofit. And it was about, you know, encouraging uh, those suffering from prostate cancer and their caregivers. And of course, I was writing all the grants because we couldn't afford a grant writer, right? And I really thought back to how I basically funded my whole undergraduate education by winning essay competitions in college. Like, you win an essay competition for scholarships, and I was like, always winning. So I said, wow, it's a skill um, here for sure. Uh, and so then, you know, being attracted to just writing, I said, okay, all right. And then I realized I had a skill for it. After winning a lot of the proposals that we submitted for, I noticed that there, there is a skill there. And so I really dedicated myself to improving my craft, researching, joining the Grant Professions Association, attending webinars. I bought every book out there that you could ever imagine, right, to sharpen my grant writer skill set. Um, but then at the very same time, there was an opportunity work-wise at Bank of America Foundation. And I said, wow, this would be really cool because I feel like I can kind of learn more about what funders think and really get close to the nonprofits in Atlanta to support their amazing work. And so I feel like that experience made me an even better grant professional because I was able to review grant applications, right, and have those discussions about who do we want to fund? Who do we want to support? So I would say that's kind of how I got into grant writing. And probably where this story ends is where my entrepreneur story begins. So as an entrepreneur, um, I was working at Bank of America Foundation. I was working some really long hours and it was really fun to support local Atlanta nonprofits through sponsorships and grants. I loved it, but what I was missing is wanting to be closer to the action.
action. I really wanted to roll my sleeves up and really support local nonprofits because in that role, you're meeting a lot of people, you're seeing a lot of nonprofits, but you're really not in a position to advise, right? Or give too much insight. You have to keep it very just kind of corporate speak, right? Because that's how it is in those in those uh, places. So um, I felt like, my goodness, that nonprofit was so close to getting funded. They just missed like a few things, right? And I, I felt like between that and wanting more flexibility um, as far as just more control of my day, more control of my life, and really wanting to just invest in myself as far as being an entrepreneur, I gave myself six months. I said, Siobhan, you have six months to get your business plan together, to save, to do your your, your anything you need to do to transition. Uh, and that's what I did. I set that on faith. And everyone said, you're crazy, Siobhan. You have like an awesome job. Why would you want to leave, right? And I said, you know what? God is really putting something on my heart. <laughs> and, and, you know, I'm not going to be disobedient. I'm going to listen to what I'm supposed to do. So, yeah, I, I stepped out on faith, and we have now grown to a team of seven, and it's been an amazing journey. That's it's awesome. Been, um, I, I'm, like, cheering from the sidelines because I, I, I read all the – you just do wonderful things on LinkedIn, and I'm just like, she's growing and growing and growing again so that's that's incredible and i you know it is sometimes just about taking those chances right and just saying i'm feeling led into this and there's got to be something behind it it's not like you just woke up one day and I'm like yeah i don't know i think i'll have a business now i mean it was just something you felt so passionate about and i feel like that passion comes through in how you are leading your business and how you are um, leading and, and, and helping grow the grants profession. So it's just, yeah. it's, it's really wonderful to watch. Yeah. And I would say, Kimberly, it was, it was even deeper than I thought. It wasn't until I got good and grown. I'm with my Southerners. So we can, we can, we can talk in our Southern slang when I got good and grown. Good and grown. Um, good and grown. I realized like looking back on my childhood, I realized like my, this was my destiny all along. Um, I would grow up and spend a lot of time with my grandmother and she was always helping somebody, right? Always helping someone at the church. She was a nurse by trade. So she would take in um, senior citizens that had nowhere to go and she would take care of them. It would be people that are like experiencing homelessness. She'd take people in. And I grew up thinking all oh, this was normal. I'd come home and my grandmother would be like, meet Mrs. Sue. And I'm like, hi, Mrs. Sue. I just thought it was a normal thing. And then I grew up and I realized that's not normal. Everyone doesn't do that. And as I learned more and more about my family history, I learned that I was the fourth generation in my family, actually, to do community work. And so when I learned that, I knew I was in the right field. Originally, when I graduated from college and I got my, my um, master's, I said, oh, yeah, finance. I'm a finance girl, right? And then I took a little peek in the finance. I said, no, this is really not fulfilling to my heart and soul. So I really feel like I am walking my true faith. That's lovely. That. That's, mm -hmm. I mean, how wonderful that you can find it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, very true. Well, 
we know you're in the right place. And um, anybody who knows Siobhan and has seen her on social media, we know she's built a strong and thriving consulting firm by hard work and intelligent, sustainable strategies. Um, but I read on LinkedIn recently that you've scrapped this year's business plan because of unexpected growth and opportunities. So would love to hear more about what you mean by that and how, again, listening to your gut instinct has played a role in uh, that and other decisions you've made. Yeah, well, what are we all taught about business plans? We're taught that it's that's something you sit down in the prior year and you map out. And then when January 1st starts, then you execute your business plan, right? That's what we're taught, right? And we also have to understand that things like business plans are tools to help us. They're not to hinder us. They're tools to help us. So now that we are mid-year, and as I do my ongoing analysis, I said, I predicted within my business plan for myself over a year ago. And those are good predictions. But now that I am seeing, I'm halfway through the year, and I'm seeing that this year is going to turn out very differently based on what I'm forecasting, time to scrap it. And time to update it to reflect the new opportunities that are coming my way. So sometimes, you know, you're out, you can't really see clearly what's going to happen, right? But as you're in and you get closer to it, uh, it's really it's really good to to edit as you go, as needed, but still have those structures and barriers. I think that business plan helped me through Q1. It was needed. But come the end of Q2, it's time for update. So I would encourage anyone to use these tools to provide boundaries and direction, but also provide some flexibility when needed. It makes a lot of sense. And it's making me think of evaluation plans and grants and how, you know, it's always important to include process evaluation, right? Because you want to make sure if, if it's a curriculum or a program, that you're delivering the program in the way that it was planned so that if things, your outcomes aren't coming up, you know why, because you've been keeping your eye on it all the way. So for people out there who are like, damn it, I'm a grant writer, not a business planner. I'm like, you know what? If you were having to put together those plans or work with someone who does, then those are transferable skills. Mm -hmm. And it's also making me think, because, Back in the day, I'm not going to talk about walking uphill both ways to the nonprofit where I work and it was snowing. I'm not talking about oh, that. Shucks. I know. Back in the day, back in the day. Um, but there used to be a more of a trend of five-year business plans and where you want to be in 10 years. And now it's more like, then for a while it was three years. And now it's like, okay, in the next couple of years. And now I'm kind of like, yeah. You can, it's good to think about that, but maybe it is every six months. Hey, what's happening? Am I still on this path or did yeah. they, did the bridge wash away? Did they build a new bridge on my path? And so just, just great advice in general to just kind of maybe do when you're reflecting a little more often than each fiscal year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that just goes so to show sort of a plan. Of, oh, go ahead. 
Well, I was just going to show that just proves the point that a plan is something that should be a living, breathing document that you're checking in with regularly, not going, we got our plan. Okay, let's put it up here. Let's just go. It's you want to check in and see, are we hitting our marks? Are we way off target? Are we close? Um, and adjust on the fly if needed. So, yeah. Absolutely. And that's just, I was, uh, that's the comment that I was going to make. And sometimes it's like, and I love that it's a tool and it's not your driver because if you're like, I just have to, this is the plan. I have to stick with the plan. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. well maybe it's not working anymore because things have changed so much. Like hello, 2020, that was a big change. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm not even going to go into all the things that happened in 2020, but it just, there were huge sea changes. And um, so anyway, just, I'm loving it to talk about sort of looking at that. And the other thing that I would love to, well, there are many things, but the next thing I would love to um, have you talk more about is, um, again, LinkedIn, y'all should find her on LinkedIn and we'll, we'll tell you how, she'll tell you how to find her in all these places, but you're posting a lot about not only business things and, and advice and what's happening, but you bring in, you know, hey, we're celebrating this graduation or we're celebrating this special day or we're doing these things and you do it in a way that, that comes, it just feels authentic. And it also seems like that is a priority for you just overall, like in work-life balance. And Mm -hmm. um, I know there are just lots of schools of thought on how to run a business, right? It's go, 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 do all the things, push, 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 push. push. And then some folks are like, eh, you know, that guy that wrote, oh, just work, you know, four hours a day and it'll all be good. I mean, there are extremes here and I know, but how did you get to your philosophy of of sort of always looking for balance? Mm -hmm. And multi-part question alert how has it helped you grow your business and maybe improve your work-life balance if i may be so bold yes so i will say i started my business pre-covid right and this was before it was proven that people can work from home and be effective right so this was way before that right Part of the reason why I started my firm is because I have a desire to hire people that want to give back, that have skills, they have expertise, but they also have family members and friends and loved ones. And I feel like no one should have to compromise going to their kid's soccer game at 3 p.m. for a job. I was really intent about that because being a mother, being a wife, being a sister, being a daughter, I want to be and I like to have members of my team that are very well-rounded. And I've always wanted to make sure that we were built on putting... um, balance first, uh, especially with COVID. I think it like sharpened that thinking during COVID because we lost so many people during COVID. And I also think running a prostate cancer nonprofit keeps that thought in my mind that you got to love your loved ones while you have them. Mm-hmm. Because you don't get that time back. So I walk the walk and talk the talk. Our policies support this thinking. We have personalized time off. We don't have two vacations. We don't have six hours. We don't, it's, we trust our people to manage and balance themselves. 
and that they're going to get the work done. You know, we love very driven people, very um, passionate people, very uh, efficient and effective people. But at the same time, they may want to travel. They may want to do some things that they like to do. So I've created that culture and environment that's high performance, yet balanced. And so I always try to be the model, right, of being very, you know, highly performance driven, but my daughter is four. And, you know, sometimes I'm on the way to, to a meeting and I have crackers or cray- crayons in my bag, right? Like, it's a part of life. And so um, I like what we've built at Thinking Inc. Grants. And I really think as, as we grow and as I grow as a professional, that will never go away. Mm-hmm. I love that balance. So anyone of- out there, if you're looking for a job... <laughs> This sounds like a great place to work. <laughs> it does. I, I love- mean, it's, it's, it's great. And, you know, go ahead. Go ahead, Siobhan. I'll jump in after. Oh, sorry. You were, you were frozen, so I wasn't sure. I, um, all, all, everyone has a hobby, you know, um, and we all know about our hobby. And our team meetings are like 15, 15 minutes of like catching up for the weekend. So what did you do? Oh, what did you do? You went there? Oh, my gosh, I want to go there. It's like. 15 minutes of that, and then it's boom. What's the status of that Title III, right? So we, um, it's 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 key. It's key, and um, I'm just really grateful to have a great team. That's awesome. Well, and I love that you put that like we trust our people to they're going to get the work done they're high performing so we trust them if they want to take a vacation they take a vacation and we don't have to be rigid about it. I, I that's such a great mm-hmm. work environment. Um, so I think that's fabulous. There was a recent article going around LinkedIn um, about uh, particularly commuting, being able to work from home, whether a hybrid or a full-time model, just how that especially benefits women, people of color, people with disabilities, yeah. and how it, it allows you to be able to survive and kind of function. And I, I'm like with you, Siobhan. I, my kids aren't quite as young as yours, but it's still amazing how much you're having to juggle family life needs, you know, whether it's an older parent or, you know, a child at home and, but we can still get the work done. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I realized that like I had a four hour commute before starting thinking grant for four hours or hour commute, two hours there and two hours back. And I found myself eating dinner really late and my health was starting to suffer. And I saw this one episode by Oprah and Oprah was like, be very careful about betraying yourself. And I had to really assess like, yeah, great role, great company, but what am I sacrificing for this? And when I added everything up, when I added all of the events I might have been missing or trying to race to to get there on time, when I added up the toll, things were taking on my health, when I felt like I was wasting four hours a day commuting, I said, I don't want to do this to anyone else. And so all of that kind of informed how we operate. Now, we are very selective who we hire. I will tell you that. <laughs> you know, fair, I mean, that's fair. 
oh my gosh. And I'm re- people reach out to me on LinkedIn all the time, like, oh, can we hire you? And, but we're extremely selective about who we hire, but just know we hire the best and the brightest and folks that are with us are healthy and happy and glad to be employees of our firm. Very nice. That is well, so I, cool. I um, Go ahead, Kimberly. No, you go ahead. I'm just jumping in and hopping around. Um, I know we're having some storms. We're, we're recording this on a summer's day in June in the Atlanta area, and we've got some weather coming through. So yeah. we are just asking for your patience with the sound. We're, we're just working around it. So Amanda, you just take it away. <laughs> well, can y'all hear me? Because if not, can you hear me well? Okay. Good. So, um, cause I think the storms are bad in my house. So I, I was just going to ask the next question mm-hmm. of, um, how can grant professionals at the middle or further into their careers reach more potential employees or consultants to make sure that the grant profession better reflects the depth and breadth of the community served through grants and other fundraising? Yeah, I think speak up. Speak up, engage, be active, let your voice be heard. I feel like funders respect community-informed approaches to programming. And um, I'm sure they want to be informed as well, right? So I think as grant professionals, I've done a lot of the local work as far as um, engaging with funders and let them understand kind of the needs in the communities, especially under the the umbrella of DEI. So I, I would say definitely get active, become a member of GPA. Plug. Um, and connect with other grant professionals um, and, and just make those connections and, and, and just be vocal about what's happening locally and what you're seeing. And I have been in positions where I've had opportunity to give funders feedback. I, I've said, you know, I think that process is whatever, right? Of course, always positive and always in a way that you're giving a recommendation to help them improve going forward, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so sharing, you know, what's happening in the community because they really care. I mean, found, folks that work at foundations, yeah, that's their job. But at the end of the day, they're people and they are passionate about what's going on in the community. I think a lot of grant pros, especially if you're early on in your career, may have a fear mm-hmm. of speaking out mm-hmm. or speaking up or even engaging mm-hmm. funders in ways that don't center just around the grant cycle. And I'll just speak for myself. At first, I'm like, oh, I better keep my head down. Better send in the attachments. And then later on, I'm like, wow, this process, their grants process really stinks. That they seem to be nice people. So in some cases, in many cases, after building a relationship, it could be something like, have you ever considered a different format or you know, I like that you're updating your application, but maybe uh, an Excel spreadsheet is hard for some people to access. When inside I'm going, oh my God, who paid you? Who did you pay to say that that was a good idea? Because you're wrong. But you know, you can't charge in like that. But it's important. Yeah. To, it is important to speak up in civil ways and mm-hmm. cultivate those relationships that allow you to do that and allow you to be heard in respectful ways. And then you can listen to other episodes of your, of our podcast. If you would like to hear mm-hmm. me rant about it, because I do it greatly. Yes, please. Um, <laughs> so um, speaking about advice and looking back and um, 
I'm just curious if there is uh, maybe or if there's one thing or maybe maybe two or three things. So whatever comes to mind. Um, what do you wish someone had told you about grants and multi-bar question alert, building a business when you were just starting out? Because I know we're asking you a lot of multi-part stuff, but hey, you've done a lot of stuff. It's really cool. So I want to capture these things. So, you know, just if someone had just tapped you on the shoulder and said, you yeah. know, Siobhan, if you X, this will be so much easier. Yes. And I appreciate the multi-part questions. I will take the latter first. I would probably say, um, I wish when it comes to the grants profession, I wish someone would have let me know it's more of a people job than you think. It's more of a soft skills job than you think. Um, I'm an introvert and I know so many folks that are in our professions are, are introverts as well. So I'm very comfortable doing the work that we do. Um, but there is a people component. I know a lot of folks have been having recent conversations around AI. And so they've been recognizing it's not just putting fingers to keyboard, but it's also about strategic support. It's about engaging with funders. It's about, well, not necessarily for us, but to support the client and engaging with funders. And as a consultant, you know, being able to build those relationships with clients and, and really needing to understand um, what their needs are, both said and unsaid, um, is a skill. Um, I didn't realize it, but I'm like, yeah, this is this is really, really a skill. And part of the reason why um, our firm, my firm is called Think Any Grants is because we help nonprofits think strategically before they ink competitive applications. So that, that thinking part is a lot of the consulting and supporting and, you know, all of that stuff. So I was a little surprised by that, but happily surprised because it's a good balance for me. It's not too much either way. It's a good balance. So that was a surprise. Um, the surprise about um, being an entrepreneur would be, so at first when you're working a standard 40 hour a week, you're thinking, oh, when I start my business, I'll have all of this free time and flexibility, right? I can work, you know, different hours, but no one tells you that you have the flexibility now to work 24 <laughs> seven, right? Amen. You will work harder than you've ever imagined, right? And you mm -hmm. all know it, right? You oh, work yeah. harder. And, and the thing is you're working self, right? But you are working hard. So I, I want to encourage those that are pursuing the entrepreneur route. It is not easy. Um, it is hard work, but it is certainly rewarding. So if the going gets tough, just know this too soon shall pass. And, um, you know, you get on and move on to the next thing. It's definitely something that there is no blueprint. Uh, you can hear someone else's journey and it can help you, but then it cannot because everyone's journey is unique. So you have to really define your own journey, what that looks like and do the best you can, <laughs> right? Keep swimming, just keep swimming, right? Right, um, right. Yeah. I love that Sound you advice. Yes, you do have the freedom. You yeah. do have the freedom to work 24 seven. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I love that you shared that, you know, everybody's journey is different. Cause I know when you first break into consulting, it can be very easy to look at someone and go, well, I have to do it that way. And the reality is there's lots of different ways you could create your consulting business, right? It doesn't have to be one way. So that's important to point out. Hmm. 
Yeah, that is so true. It's, it's definitely more than one way to start out. Um, I had a thought and I lost it, but if I come back to it, I'll bring it up. <laughs> Just pop it in when it comes back and yeah. know that that happens a lot to me yeah. anyway. Um, so speaking of not one way to do it, and we were talking about shorter and shorter business planning cycles. If you could have a magic time travel machine, what do you, what would you like to be doing in your business in five years? Because I know, do you know what I mean? Or where do you just see yourself in that role? It, just speculating because you know life life happens but i would just yes. love to hear your vision well i love sharing this answer because i submitted this answer before i even started thinking grants and it is in my business plan okay so drum roll you ready yes i'm going to be retired in five years <laughs> Surprise! So, there's a method to the madness, folks. That so, is amazing. So not the answer I was expecting, but I love to be surprised in a fun way. Oh, Siobhan. I am going to be retired. So, when you are starting a business, it's always good to plan an exit strategy. So I planned my exit strategy when I started. Now, I didn't name my firm Siobhan Richardson LLC for a reason, right? I named it the way I named it because it has more potential to be sold later. So I am investing in building value, right? And I know you can't do this work forever, right? And so I will have loved this journey of helping so many. But I would say my true heart of hearts of what I want to do is I want to teach. Yeah. I want to teach undergraduate students. Yes, I don't want to give back and use my experience as a consultant to teach. So I wouldn't mind, you know, adjunct professor, maybe twice a week, right? Uh, and then freeing my time up to be more of, you know, mentoring and supporting other grant professionals as they, they're coming up. So you may think five years, of like, Siobhan, you look like you're like, no older than whatever insert a number here right um but you have to just be thoughtful and plan and just know that um know why you're doing your work and i am doing my work to build value and to make my firm uh sellable and to do all those things and to leave a legacy behind i can say i created this thing here you go wonderful i love that and i'm okay with that yeah that is so cool yes i um I just think that's wonderful. Good for you for naming it and working toward it. And also just, I would use the word retire a little loosely in your, in your sense with respect and love, because it sounds like you're going to be really busy, but in a different way. In a different way. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. I can, I can see some, some books coming out. I can see a lot uh, coming down the pipeline. And when I say that, people are like, you're not older than 25. I'm like, my son is almost 25. Like, <laughs> so it's not, you know, like, you know, unreasonable, but no, you are right. I, I do use that word retire very loosely, but my, my day to day will look very different, but I think it will always be supporting the grant profession. Yeah. yeah. I also think as someone who is 
in that phase of my life and in those plans and looking at that, I think it looks it looks very different now than it did mm -hmm. when I was a little girl and I'm looking at my grandparents, right? It was like a yeah. different, it was, and I love the idea of transitioning into different kinds of things versus I'm going to retire and go fishing. That was a granddaddy yeah. thing. That was a granddaddy thing. But, um, and he did deserve his retirement and, and to go fishing. But I think today's retirement um, can just look a lot different. I wonder if retirement's even the right word. Like, I know. Yeah, I career or, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But it's, um, I'm just thrilled for you. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very cool. That's what people expect. So over the next five years, what's the best way for people to find you? The best way to find me is to reach out on LinkedIn. My first name is SS and Sam, H-A, D as in Victor, O-N-N, Richardson. You can also visit my website at thinkand, spelled out, no ampersand. So it's thinkandinkgrants with an S. Dot com. Nice. Very nice. And I do recommend um, y'all following her and, and connecting on LinkedIn because it's just really fascinating content. And um, it's, I just enjoy it. I just enjoy it. And I knew that's one of the reasons, one of the reasons that I knew that we just wanted to have you on the pod and talk and um, get your, have you share your wonderful experiences. And I've just really, really enjoyed it. And Amanda and I both were looking forward to this and we just want to yes. thank you for coming on. Thank you. One last note, if you do follow me on LinkedIn, I have a Get Grants Better newsletter that I share articles every two weeks. So subscribe. There's some serious golden nuggets in, in all of the articles. So check that out. Yeah, I can attest to that. So yes. Thank you. Yes. We're not thank just you. an interviewer, we're a client. No, we're just... Oh. <laughs> do you remember... It's an yes. old commercial that only Gen Xers will remember, but I'm here for you. I'm here for you. <laughs> yeah. Love it. It's so good talking to you, Siobhan. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. Once again, it's my time to express how truly grateful I am for the time that you choose to listen to us, maybe laugh along with us, perhaps laugh at us. It's, you know, it's all just part and parcel of doing this pod. Um, if you follow us or happen to listen to us on Apple Podcasts, um, we would love a review. It really helps the, mag the magic algorithm find other people like you and connect us all together through this podcast. So that would be great. We're also on YouTube. If you want to uh, sort of watch how the podcast sausage is made and look at some spectacular backgrounds that I myself have. Please tune in there. Um, and if you just can't get enough of the Heyday stuff, check out our new website, Heyday Services, H-A-Y-D-A-Y services.com, where you can find out what's going on with us, get some great tips and tricks and good free stuff, and also sign up for the Heyday Hot Takes newsletter coming to an email inbox near you. Thank you again to our season six sponsor, D.H. Leonard Consulting and Grant Writing Services. We appreciate their support in making grants less stressful. Visit their website, 
dhleonardconsulting.com to download their latest resources today. Yep. We really are honored you chose to spend time with us today. Be sure to join us again in two weeks. We are going to do a deep dive into deciphering federal grant announcements. You know, those NOFAs and OFAs and RFPs and FOAs and all those other letters of the alphabet they like to call grant announcements. See you then. Bye.